Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 559 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we'll have a chat with and music from the Black Country Accordion Club joining us to share their band. We'll be hearing from Codswell Dramatic Society about their Alan Akeborn play, Joking Apart, which forms part of the Codswell Community Arts Festival later on this month. We will be having a chat with Steve Bull about the forthcoming Italian 90 tribute night taking place at the Grand Theatre. And as well as that, at the Grand, they've got something else coming up this week that's quite a treat. Six is at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre from the 10th through to the 14th of March, telling the tale of Tudor Queens. However, they become pop princesses. And I think, rather untraditionally, they get to tell their own tale. To tell us more, I'm joined now by somebody who is alternate for both Catherine of Aragon and Anna of Cleves. It is Cassandra Lee. Hiya, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, from everything I've seen on the socials, this is going to prove to be an amazing show. Yeah, there's quite a bit of buzz. Everyone's receiving us so, so well, and we're having the absolute best time touring around the, the UK with this amazing show. You're an, an alternate, which means, as we say, you get to be one of two queens, and uh-huh. th- this is a demanding show, isn't it? It is 80 minutes of absolute full-on music, madness, mayhem, and pop-telling stories. Absolutely. It's, it's basically you're getting up and you're doing a pop concert every night, um, most weeks, eight shows a week, sometimes more than that. And when you get, um, you know, pop stars who are actually touring, they usually do about three to four shows a week. So you can imagine uh, it is pretty demanding, but we're having a wicked time. You've got limited availability I know on tickets, so it is one to get in there quick. What can you tell me about the show? How would you describe it from uh, uh, your point of view of, of being two different queens on different nights? Oh, yeah. So it is It's such a unique experience, depending on who you're playing, because it's a completely different story that you get to tell. But the overarching, you know, ethos behind the show is is about sisterhood and about polishing each other's crowns. And it just focuses on female empowerment and, and just encouraging each other rather than comparing ourselves, because it, it does start off with a, you know, a comparison between the queens and and, you know, what led up to their demise or how long they lasted or, you know, telling their stories and who had it the worst or who had it the best kind of thing. But really through all of that it just ends up the you know the the story and the moral behind it is just telling spreading that message of female empowerment and support yeah because we're talking of a time when the king's rule was absolutely uh, the 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 end of it and henry even changed the religious landscape of the country to get his own way yes he did and that was because he very much wanted to marry Anne Boleyn at the time, but obviously was not able to get a divorce from Catherine of Aragon, which is my one of the queens that I do play. I play Catherine of Aragon. Mm-hmm. He wanted a divorce from her, and she was not really having that. Um, she was very strong in her faith, in her Catholic faith. And um, to get around that, the Church of England was formed so that Henry could get his own way. Very stubborn man, Absolutely. but he got his way. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure not always a very nice man towards his wives, particularly with the beheadings that featured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that, definitely. And there's just so much behind those stories. Until I, When we got this job and we all got to do some great research about the queens that we'd be playing and just learning about really what went into and the lead-ups to these beheadings and, and you know, the fates of each queen, 
and you know from their from their side of it because we never get to hear that you know you learn about it in school and you you hear from from the male perspective from henry's perspective what happened and how you know what they did wrong to to get that fate but actually there's so much behind it and so much you know importance behind their stories when you find out and did they actually get to meet i mean all six would be unlikely to have known each other would they not all six but quite a few of them did know each other so um or some of them overlapped Mm -hmm. so uh catherine of aragon was a queen was queen for 24 years and that overlapped with anne boleyn in fact uh henry even moved anne boleyn into the palace into the castle so his wife and his mistress were living in the same place. Anna of Cleves and Catherine Howard crossed, crossed paths because um, he started moving on to Catherine Howard while Anna of Cleves was still there, very newly married because they weren't married for very long at all. And actually they were very, very good friends. So once Anna of Cleves got the divorce, um, she would often come back to the to the palace after Henry was asleep and actually have parties with Catherine Howard. They got on quite well. So. And it's been able to tell these stories and actually bring them to life. And this is so full of life. It is unbelievable. So much, yeah. It is such a loud and it's it's proud and it's lights and it's singing, all dancing. And it's just the costumes are stunning. The the music is incredible. And, and it's so great because we really get to interact with the audience and see them and just see those great big smiles on their faces, you know, as, as it all unfolds. And it really is something special. So an 80-minute show, how does that work? Right, well... It's like a train that just keeps on going. There's mm-hmm. no interval. There's no, you know, nothing like that, like your traditional West End show. Uh, it come, we, we start up and we, we start up with a big group number together. And then kind of the, the layout of the show is explained to the audience. And then each queen kind of steps up to the mic and they get their chance to, to tell their own personal story and, you know, just have their moment. And then we all come together again at the end, you know, with that story of, you know, it doesn't matter what our stories are, who had it the worst. We're all together in this. And, you know, it's about supporting each other and polishing each other's crowns rather than trying to tear each other down. But have you got a favourite queen? I mean, you get to be two different ones on, on different mm-hmm. bits of the tour. So is, is there a favourite to be and a favourite to see? Hmm. I think my favourite to be right now is Catherine of Aragon, but my favourite to, to see and to tell her story is, is Anna of Cleves, just because she has, I, I often say she had the, the first and like the world's best divorce settlement ever. She was only married to Henry for a few months, but managed to, in that divorce settlement, because it was between, you know, Germany and England, who had a contract to have Anna of Cleves come over and marry Henry, but to honor that contract, to allow Henry to get out of, you know, the get out clause of that marriage, um, she made sure that the contract was upheld and she walked away with two palaces, with land, money, servants, the whole nine she got everything it's the best divorce settlement i think i've ever heard of so she is just the definition of a woman who wins and yeah that, and that's yeah. that's what we like to hear because he yes. he certainly put upon these wives in many ways oh absolutely yeah he was not an easy man um so for some of them to you know really come out with a with a, a smile on their face and a, and, a, and a happy tale to tell which is that really is anna of cleves you know it was a great story to tell a smile on her face and got to come back to his house whenever she wanted and party with Catherine howard that she just won in every sense <laughs> of the word she's a great great woman plays by her own rules absolutely and, and the music in this who has written all of these great songs 
So the music is by written by Toby Marlowe and composed by Toby Marlowe. And the um, script and lyrics is written by Lucy Moss. And Lucy Moss actually was just very recently named Broadway's youngest female director on a musical. So they're just doing phenomenally well right now. And the, 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 the ethos, the story that it's telling, the empowerment and just the amazing night the audience has alongside a cast who are loving being part of this, all mm-hmm. just builds into just a crescendo of a show. Yeah, it, it just builds and bubbles. And, and like I said, it's that train that just keeps on going. And, and it's just such a great, a, a great experience. By the time you get to the self-titled song, Six, the whole audience is on your side and everyone's up and, and you know, singing with you and swaying with you and it's just such a a magical experience it really is great and the tudor look i mean that is one which was a very specific set of clothing and that Uh is again brought to life with a a a great twist from the the modern day as well yeah absolutely so our costumes are designed by um gabrielle gabriella slade and um they're just so they're so cool they're so stunningly put together and it's it's great you know cuts and bodices and you know those kinds of lines that that lean to the Tudor the Tudor times but then it, it they really look like great pop concert you know pop costumes um from a tour and they're they're sparkly and they have spikes and studs and they're really 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 cool and just a spectacle to look at well, as you say tickets are limited at the grand make sure you get in there quick grandtheatre.co.uk to get your tickets online 01902 429212 is the box office number but it is going to be six on stage an absolute smash tuesday through until saturday eight o'clock is the time when court opens and the queens will be holding court appropriately for the whole of the 80 minutes high energy show cassandra lee Catherine Warrigan and Anu Cleves, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. The Tudor Von Trapps. I'm just kidding, we're called the Roiling Stones. <laughs> we're one of a kind, no category. Too many years lost in history. We're free to take our crowning glory for five more minutes. We're six. There we go, a little taste of the music from six here on the Milk Bar. The Black Country Accordion Club are delighting audiences across the region, across the UK, and possibly even across the world. We'll find out in a minute or two. I'm joined now by three of their number. We have Barry, Anne and Trevor. Hello to you all. Hello. Hello. Right, Barry, first of all, you're the, uh, the, the man behind all of this, I believe. What's going on? Well, we started the club um, some in 2009. Yeah. And uh, we had a committee of five members, sadly, a couple of them have passed on. And we've built the club up from that over the last 12, well, in our 12th year now. Now, accordions, are they normally played en masse, or is it often the one instrument doing the business? Either way, you get soloists, yeah. duettists, trios, so on and so forth. So how many of you are there all together then now? When, when there's a full uh, 
there's a 17 of us all together when, there's, when they're all together. I bet that doesn't need a PA system, does oh, it? No, no, no. no. <laughs> there no, is no. the good sound there that brings everything no, no. to life. And are, are there different levels of sound in these? Is it like making a tenor sax and an alto? Is the same sort of thing go for an accordion? Not really. You get all sizes of accordions. and they, 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 um, This particular one's um, what we call a five-voice accordion. Mm -hmm. For want of a better description, there's sort of five wooden harmonicas in there, which mm -hmm. are all called voices. And they all, these couplers change and give you a different sound. So we've got bassoon, accordion, yeah. uh, we've got a uh, harmonium on there, organ. <laughs> and a bit of a piccolo on the end. That's it, yeah. And uh, recreating different instruments, but all in the convenience of a keyboard. Well, and, and almost portable. They're not really a it's, it's the feel of it's the sound. It's only a name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I say, but, but portable, more or less? Oh, uh, yeah, indeed, yeah. You're yeah. making them look light. They're not, are they? Well, not really, no. But, you know, I've been playing one a long time, and you get yeah. used to it. Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a, a sort of an accordion player stance that you have to assume That's most right. of that time. That's right, line with the nose, the, the, uh, the grill part of the accordion. I'm going to meet the rest of the gang over here. So, Anne, first of all, you, you've got the, yours is, is, is bejeweled and things. What's going on? Absolutely. Well, we like a bit of show. It's a bit sparkly. Yes. And uh, how long have you been playing accordion? I've played since childhood, since yeah. I was about seven or eight. See, now, this wasn't an option when I was at school. It was violin and recorder, and if you were lucky, piano. And how similar is it to playing something like a piano? Nothing really. No. A piano, you strike the note and the note fades. Mm -hmm. With this, it's a reed instrument, so as you play it, you can make the notes swell or go quiet. Or It's a very, um, um, well, it's a very capable of emphasis, really, the yeah. whole thing. So, no, it's, it's not like a piano, no, mm. but... Uh, the keys may look the same, but it's certainly not where it's going there. No, no. Uh, and what drew you to it? I mean, was there an accordion player in the family who passed on the instrument, or...? Well, this is a bit offbeat, but I saw one in a magazine that my mother had. Right. And I was very young, uh -huh. and I managed to persuade her to buy a little eight-bass one for me. Mm -hmm. And from there on, I went on playing. I joined a band when I was 10 or 11, which is actually where we originally met with Barry, we were mm -hmm. both very young, um, Barry's played professionally all his life, and I came back to the club and met up and I thoroughly enjoyed getting back into the swing of things. Well we've already had a bit of a rehearsal down here <laughs> and it sounds absolutely fantastic, particularly with the three of you playing together, and Trevor, I mean again another instrument with some uh, amazing uh, you know, displays on there, and uh, am I counting the same sort of number of keys or has yours got something extra? Uh, about the same as that one. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. but, but, uh, but what do these keys at the back do? Because th those are the front give notes. I can work that one out. Yeah, but this the, is the, the left hand of the piano, if you like. So they do they do extra notes that you haven't got in, on your right hand. Well, it, it, you maybe an octave, two octaves down, Barry. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. two octaves down. And what again possessed you to take up this amazing instrument? Because you, you must really annoy the neighbours if you want to. Um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, I don't really. I I saw one uh, for sale yeah. uh, at um, at a market at Trentham Garden, and my wife bought it for me without me knowing. Right. How long ago was this? Uh, probably about twenty years ago now. And and, and then that that prompted you to uh, to, to pick it up well, and I, play. I, I messed about with it for about ten years. When yeah. I joined the club, then I took it a bit more serious and and uh, decided to practice a little bit. And, so, uh, I think that's paid off from what I've already heard so far. But I mean, do you guys go around and do events? Are you are you, are you travelling the world? Uh, I 
safe travelling the world. <laughs> <laughs> Have a cordial and we'll travel. I should think it's yes. quite difficult to actually get it on aircraft, isn't it, to be fair? Yes, they don't fly well. No, uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll stick with staying yes. in the UK. Yeah. But, I mean, Bally, what, what have you got coming up? Have you got performances ar- ar- around the region? Not, not really with the band, because mm-hmm. it's only just started really getting something like it you know, after the, the last couple of years. It's, yeah. it's beginning to come together. We have yeah, done one or two uh, concerts. Yeah. Did a carol thing, didn't we, a yeah. couple mm-hmm. of years ago? Starboard riding school with uh, the event there, and uh, we, we do an annual concert, or I've done the last two years at our club, because the club operates um, three nights a month. The yeah. first Monday in the month is social night, where anybody can play mm-hmm. with their learners or players, you know, professional players. They can all come and have a, a playing circle until they've exhausted the repertoire. Mm-hmm. And then the um, the third Monday of the month, <coughs> we hold band practice. Um, for our club band, that is. And then the fourth Monday of the month, we have a formal concert where we book guest artists. We've had them from all over the world. We've had them from Ukraine, mm-hmm. Germany, Italy, all over the show. Yeah. And, and is there terminology that we should use when we're talking accordions? Have I got anything wrong so far? No. That's all, all good. Which is, that's, that's the way we like Not it. No, and when, when you're looking at an instrument like this, I mean, they must vary in cost. Uh, mm-hmm. and as a, from, from, from your one from the magazine was probably reasonable priced, right up to the sort of things we're seeing here. Yeah. What? yeah. Well, I mean, something like and uh, you're talking about £5,000 for something. That's, that's something a lot of money. Like that you've, yeah. 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 But yeah, it's, it's worth, worth it because you get to, in, to enjoy playing. Yes. And uh, you, you, I suppose with the sound that a £5,000 accordion makes compared to your original the one. The sound and the touch. Yeah. Yes, it's and, huge. And it yeah. is a, about being able to, to work at, what, a bellows? Is that the bellows yeah, yes. so you've got to keep the bellows yeah, going. Absolutely. And again, a quality bellow will make the difference, I assume. Yes, yes, it's easier and there's more air going through with less effort. Mm-hmm. So it's very good. And it's, it's keeping that sound going, which is what yes. counts. Yes. Okay, so uh, we're going to hear you perform. What are we going to hear first? We'll do the, the snowballs first. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to get out of the way so you guys can get accordions in full swing, and we look forward to hearing something from you. Thank you for joining us. Okay. Oh, where do we go to find out more, though, before we do, when there is stuff coming up? If we'll do it at the website. Which is? Black Country Accordion Club. So just look for Black Country Accordion Club, yep. check it all out. Yep. These guys are amazing, they're about to perform.
the 18th through to the 21st of March. So all systems go as Cotswold Dramatic Society kick things off for the Cotswold Arts Festival. Their show is Joking Apart. It's an Alan Akebourne play. I'm joined now by Jack, Paula and Anita to tell me more. Hello, everyone. Hello. Right, so uh, where should we start? I should we start with the director, I think. What yeah. do you reckon? Yeah, okay. Right. Anita, tell us more. Okay, right. Um, the play is um, set in the late 1970s. Mm -hmm. It spans over a period of 12 years, takes place in two of the characters' back garden. Right, okay, so this means you've got a challenge to put a back garden on stage in Codsall Village Hall. (laughs) Correct. Okay, that's always a good place to start, and you guys do like a challenge when it comes to sets and scenery, so that's okay. And uh, say part of the the, the festival which takes place, and you're the first show that opens the whole thing. We are, yes. uh, Wednesday 18th of March the doors open at 7 o'clock and our first performance is 7.30. So that's when it all gets going. So what do we need to know about the show? Alan Apple, does this mean we've got a bit of a comedy on our hands here? We have. It's, it is uh, painfully sad at times but it also has got the dark comedy factor mm-hmm. and also a touch of more of a more happier comedy mm-hmm. by some other characters. Okay, so let's meet some of those who are playing characters over here. So, uh, introductions, please. Full name and character name, please. I'm Paula Levan. I'm playing Olive Holmanson. Okay, that's a good start. And my name is Jack Francis Kelly. My character's called Brian. Okay, so which is why everyone keeps referring to you as Brian when we're having a chat before Boys. we started recording, which <laughs> which just makes it confusing. But at least you're in character then. Well, it's kind of insulting, actually. Brian's a bit of a, an introvert, a, a pen pusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spends his entire life repress, repressed and suppressed. Yeah. Uh, and it takes probably 12 years for him to come out of his shell. So I don't try and be like Brian too often, but maybe I'm more like him than, than I realise. you care to admit. Yeah. Okay, and... Olive. Yeah, what's she like? She's a sweet, sweet woman. Mm-hmm. Very so you're definitely typecast then? Obviously. Yeah. Um, she's a very put-upon housewife with her extrovert husband, um, but she's got a bit of bite herself, so she's a great character. And a, a fun play to do as very well. Very fun, yeah. How long have you guys been working on this now, then? So we started rehearsals in January. Yep. And, and, and this will take us right the way through. Um, has there been any surprises so far? Obviously, we can't do spoilers, but uh, has it been uh, yeah, an interesting one to, to work on? Very much so. I think the humour's been really... It's sort of driving yeah. us through, hasn't it? It's mm-hmm. been it's been really interesting. Well, it's, it's an anti-comedy of sorts. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think Apebourne wrote it because he was told he wasn't writing any funny plays. <laughs> so he went in there with a very negative mindset to begin with. And it's set in the idyllic Middle England setting. But in reality, the dark undertones are, are quite funny. And when you listen to some of the lines, they are quite aggressive, but said the most polite... Uh, very innuendo. English way. Yeah, it's, yeah. Fa- it's fantastic. <laughs> Proper British comedy. Yeah, that dynamic in the relationships across all of those people, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where some of the some of the more funny points tend to come out. And sometimes it's so in your face, you have to think, did they actually just say that? Yeah. And just because it's said in a lovely RP, middle English <laughs> accent, you're thinking, no, that's not, that's not a death threat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, we'll work this out as we go along then. And uh, how long have you both been with the company? So I started in October. Yeah. I was helping backstage originally with the children's play, Snow yeah. White. Um, mm-hmm felt very embraced by the society so I thought I'd give it a go for joking apart mm-hmm. and was cast for, for Olive just after Christmas. And Jack when did you come into this? In, in January actually yeah. so this is my first pr- play, my first dr- dramatic escapade uh, so I've been welcomed to the co- company very well to honestly. It's been, a, it's been a, t- a tough few weeks but I'm really enjoying it. Okay well we'll see how it all works out when you are on stage. We say from Wednesday the 18th of March what they like to work with are they any good? <laughs> 
Right, <laughs> they are. Well, that, no, that, that you didn't say yes as quickly as I was expecting there. No, they're great, aren't they? They are a cracking bunch, <laughs> a, a fabulous cast to work with. I feel delighted to be um, the director, the driver of the force, if you like. Um, we're having a really good time. We gelled from the very beginning, and uh, it's nice to see some of the newer uh, guys who've joined us mm-hmm how they're um, growing and uh, thriving. There's always, I mean, everything you choose has got you know, a, a, a different age range in it, so there's pretty much something for everybody, virtually every production, isn't there? Yeah. It's unusual for there not to be. Yeah. And even in the children's play, there's, 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 there's always somewhere to, to go with that. Yeah. So again, this is sort of the thing that Codsell's driven by, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, our um, ages uh, go from the 20s through to the 40s, mm-hmm. uh, there's four couples, four male, four female, and they're all different. Okay, so where do we get tickets from then? Because people are going to want to come along and see the show. Right, on this particular occasion, Jason, it's the Community Arts Festival that are pushing, selling the tickets throughout their outlets, throughout Staffordshire. But locally for us, it's um, Ian Rigby Jewellery Shop at Birch's Bridge. And then we've got the um, craft shop in Codsell Square. Mm-hmm. So the u- usual places for Codsell tickets, but of course you can get them all through the Codsell Community Arts Festival website as well and get all the details on there. And of course you can find Codsell Dramatic Society online too. And probably loads of great rehearsal shots from this lot working together, interesting, as well on the Facebook page. Yeah, superb. Okay, all good stuff. Well, break a leg, have a fantastic time with the show and we look forward to seeing it on stage. As you say, it is Wednesday the 18th through Saturday the 21st. There are evening shows, there will be a Saturday matinee. It is the way to go and enjoy a brilliant April and play in at the heart of Codsell. Uh, so thanks for joining us, and we look forward to what you say. Thank you, Jason. Thank you.
on the 18th of May. They'll be looking back at the fantastic experience that was Italian 90. Steve Ball is going to be one of the people there doing the talking, and he likes to have a natural tune. He's on the line now. Hello, sir. How are you doing, mate? You OK? I'm good. You keeping out of trouble? I'm always all right. Keep taking no notice. That's all you got to do. That's the way to do it, isn't it? So, I mean, you must be really pleased to be part of this fantastic event taking place over at the Grand. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, you know, I mean, I think uh, I, was, I was pleased to, to, to actually play in it. 1990, a long time ago, but yeah. uh, you know, I mean, to do this and uh, recollect some stories with certain players, it, I think it's going to be a cracking night, to be fair. Yeah, it should be a good one. I mean, there's a good lineup. Obviously, local hero yourself being down there is a good enough start, but uh, you've got Gaza coming along as well. Yes, we have. We've got Peter Shilton, you know, I mean, we've got uh, a couple of others coming that after uh, having to be named, but uh, I think the main star of the show is. Uh, Mr. Paul Gazagascoigne. He's a bit round the bend, he's very, very potty, and he's got some very, very funny stories. But, I mean, a lovely bloke, and uh, he was great when he spent a little bit of time with, with us at Molyneux as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. You know, I mean, he was coming towards the end of his career then, and uh, he just tried to hang on to a bit of a career to keep him going, to keep him on the straight and narrow. Uh, he did well for Walls Road. He didn't play very many games, but uh, it was nice to have a bit of sparkle around the place and uh, and people had a lot of interest in him. Now, it's going to be a, a fantastic night, a chance to get the stories. Uh, there's a meet and greet uh, with you guys as part of one of the VIP packages, and, and that is going to be uh, highly sought after. When you think back, I mean, Italian 90, uh, we, we're looking, what, I say 30 years. I mean, you were, you were just a, a mere slip of a lad, weren't you, pretty much? I was. I was very, very young, and we'd uh, just come out the set. We were just in the second division, I think it was, uh, which is very, very unheard of now, and it ain't never going to be on and order again. But uh, I got a lucky break. Bobby Robson had faith in me to go there and uh, and be part of the squad, and uh, absolutely loved it. And, and I still keep pinching myself to this day that Stevie Ball from Tipton played in the in the World Cup. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, I mean, so good for our whole area though as well. Knowing that one of our own was out there, and you know, you, I mean, you, you're somebody who, throughout your career, you've always been really humble. You're there to do a job, and that's pretty much the way you've always approached it, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but it can. I always say in life, things can be took off you before they've even given it you. Uh, so look after what you got and, and work your socks off. And uh, as I say, I mean, uh, when I first came to the clubs, the the fans didn't take to me because me coming from uh, the dark side from uh, West <laughs> Brom and. Uh, uh, when I scored against them and uh, did the certain thing, that was it. Then I went bullies, one of us. And uh, ever since then, you know, I mean, I love the fans, I love the people, I love the city. It's just absolutely pla- a nice place to be. Yeah, I mean, it's an absolute honour to be involved in the club in any way. I mean, my 25 years down there, I had a, a fantastic time with it. The supporters are absolutely wonderful. And there's going to be a load of them along on the night, including the host, Sky's Johnny Phillips. Yeah, he's a massive Wolves fan as well. I was with him uh, the other day at, uh, on the Tottenham game. Uh, we had a couple of beers and I had a chat about what's coming up and the game went to Tottenham. And uh, he's a cracking lad. He's a massive Wolves fan. And, uh, you know, I mean, we won't dwell too much on Wolves that night unless the fans want to, to hear me talk about Wolves as well. But we're going to dwell on the 1990 World Cup, the 18th of May. Get your tickets. If you don't get your tickets, well, you'll miss out on a, on a cracking night. Absolutely. Make sure you get in there nice and quick. Grandtheatre.co.uk is where you get those tickets. You can call the box office on 01902 429212. But we already have a fantastic lineup. As Steve said, there are other names that we're going to find out as we get closer to the time. But, I mean, Italian 90... You know, a World Cup that was... Uh, we've always been shrouded in a bit of disappointment towards the end of a World Cup, you know, even in recent years. But uh, but still, just a, an absolutely uh, fantastic event. And of course, you were there. That's all that mattered, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, uh, Bobby Robson was absolutely superb manager. Absolutely brilliant. He had faith in us to go as far as we can. And uh, after the semi-final against Germany, we all come in. 
there's a few tears, a few, uh, quite a few heads down. And uh, all Bobby Robson said to us, listen, you've done our country proud. You've done everybody in, the, in England and Great Britain absolutely proud. So I'll go out there and give you a lap of honour and uh, hold your head up high. And uh, it was a great World Cup. It was a bit more luck. We might have won it, but as you say, we was there, fourth place, and uh, it was a great uh, tournament. Well, penalties have never really been our friend, have they, to be fair? They haven't now, to be fair, but uh, it's one of them things. Sometimes it comes back and bites you in the bum certain years later. But uh, as I say, you never know the next World Cup's around the corner. We might have a good chance at that one with uh, with all this young squad we got. Fingers crossed. Well, Steve, always good to talk to you. Let's catch up soon. But meanwhile, we'll see you down at the Grand on the 18th of May. Thank you very much. And uh, get your tickets quick. Get your tickets. Some good VIP tickets, meeting greets, some nice food. If not, come and get the normal ones and uh, listen to some good stories. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back with episode 560 next week. I'll see you then. Good bye from the mill bar. 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 Yeah. Good bye from the mill bar. Yeah.